0: Hey, this is Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers, along with Jeff Ellis of Locked On Indians. Uh, We are going to have uh, some trade talks. Uh, As If you're listening to this, you're probably a fan of either the Dodgers or the Indians, and so you've probably heard that the Dodgers and Indians might match up on a trade for Francisco Lindor, and so we thought we'd do the Jeff and Jeff show uh, talking about what that trade might look like. Sound good, Jeff?
1: It does. I mean, the Dodgers and Indians i thought a year ago were natural uh uh, matches in terms of uh trade so we'll we'll see if we can figure something out here i think in the end uh i would kind of bet on lindor at least being with the indians to mid-season but uh i could very much see another situation arising like uh like trevor bauer so anything we say now i think uh we can consider in play until uh july 2021
0: yeah, last December a trade between the Dodgers and Indians seemed almost inevitable. Like it seemed like everything was moving that way and then nothing happened. So uh it could be more of the same this year. But uh you know, obviously Francisco Lindor has a lot of value to I mean he'd be an upgrade at shortstop for almost every team in baseball. and uh even the Dodgers who have Corey Seeger, um, you know, so there there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, it, it is interesting that the Dodgers have kind of been one of the most talked about possibilities for Lindor just because they do have Corey Seager already. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess uh, if you're the Indians going into this, what what's your thought process? Uh, what do you think you need to get in exchange for Lindor? It's
1: what I do, like looking at the Dodgers in particular, I, I, it's one of those teams where I'm like, I, if I'm trading Lindor, I, I probably need to get two starters and then – two prospects and and when I say starters I don't necessarily mean like starting pitching but two guys who can step into the lineup for the Indians at the start of the year um, just because of uh, their own depth issues and as I just open up like baseball reference for instance and you know look at the Dodgers page in and of itself seeing guys like Chris Taylor and Alex Verdugo and you know we Gavin Lux had his short time, but, like, those are, like, three guys who didn't even, you know, they didn't make the uh, the top spots for position time on the Dodgers. And you're like, yeah, all three of those guys uh, would have spent the majority of the year playing every day for the Indians. So it's uh, – that depth is uh, – before we even got on, I, I talked about how much I – I'm just kind of blown away by the depth of the Dodgers system because it's – it's a nice situation where it's the ideal situation where the Dodgers are like, okay, we can just go out and target talent because we have so much depth. We have the ability to shore up any area. We can just go out and get the best player on the market because we have the players to make a trade and we have the depth to recover from such a trade.
0: Yeah. Uh, Although in fairness, Alex Verdugo probably would have been there on the Dodgers list if not for injuries. Uh, But, yeah, I I definitely see your point. There's, you know, Chris Taylor has been a starter the last couple years, and and this year, I mean, he still played a whole lot. But, but yeah, you look at um, just the number of Dodgers who got 200 or more plate appearances or, you know, around 200 or more, and you've got uh, a whole lot of guys. And then that's with leaving Gavin Lux in the minors the whole season pretty much uh, and a few other guys like that. So, so yeah. Um, what positions are, are the Indians looking for? Um,
1: with the current roster, they would need a replacement at short or second base. And then honestly, another short term infielder, um, right now they have Jose Ramirez who could play some shortstop, could play second base, could play third base. He just wants to have a position and stick there. Um, probably best at second base long term and the indians uh you know the number one prospect nolan jones is a third baseman but he the defense is still a bit uh in question there so probably looking for someone who at least can help up the middle now um and then the outfield spot is uh mercado is pretty much locked in in center field and then you have uh, Jordan Luplow, who was spectacular against lefties, who they're saying, well, they're going to give him more of an opportunity against righties. I think he's a pure platoon guy, but I think he could be great as a pure platoon guy. And then it's just kind of a question of, like, Daniel Johnson, who they just added to the 40-man, and Fran Mill Reyes. Like, how much are they going to put Fran Mill? Because so, there's a world where johnson Luplow can be a plus combination. Mercado looked really good, and then... Fran Mill, you can kind of deal with the defense for the production, and then all of a sudden it's just best bat available to fill in at DH. But uh, some someone who's flexible, um, you're not necessarily looking to get uh, all of what Lindor did because, I mean, there's a world where you, you try to get that just because you're maybe moving from shortstop to a lesser position. But I think you're, you're looking for at least two guys who can fill in at the start of the year preferably multiple years of control and with some upside
0: well the dodgers you know you're talking about pure platoon outfielders the dodgers happen to have an outfielder who hit 36 homers against right handers last year um in jock peterson who uh you know if you're it's an interesting fit with jock peterson because he he can't hit lefties uh you know, all 36 of his home runs came against righties last year. Part of that was because he played almost exclusively against righties, but in his career. I mean, he has been very good against righties and very, very bad against lefties. Um, I don't know if uh, if a guy you're counting on to be a platoon guy. I guess it's the, the heavier end of the platoon. The lefty will get more at-bats, but uh, would you see him as possibly part of this trade?
1: I've been a big Jock Peterson fan for a while. You can find an article I wrote way back in the day when uh, he was, like, in high A or low A, and I was talking about how the Indians, I liked his, like, walk rate numbers, and I remember saying, oh, the Dodgers need a reliever. Can we do a Chris Prez for Jock Peterson, like, the year before he broke out? So I love Jock Peterson. But with the Indians, I think what limits his value is the fact that he's going to be a free agent at the same time Lindor is. So if you're looking at the Indians, the fact that it's only a year and a half of control, um that is probably more the limiting factor than the platoon like they're just the way they they go through and they look at these deals it's always about the years of control so i i think peterson is totally someone they would be intrigued by and interested in and he does fit a profile for them but i think less the platoon situation and more the lack of control would be the indians concern moving forward with him
0: that makes sense uh so let's switch gears a little bit talking about you know, replacing Lindor um, at shortstop or a second baseman so that somebody else can move over to short. Um, you know, the guys on the ros- on the Dodgers roster who could potentially be a starting shortstop. You've got Corey Seager, obviously. You've got Gavin Lux. You've got Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez, who both could definitely do it defensively, and both of them. Show a lot of promise offensively, and sometimes are really good, and sometimes are less. Uh, any of those guys jump out, or do, do you have your eyes on anybody else?
1: Um, well, just to kind of go through, it's like I think the the concern with Seager is the same as Peterson. Um, while Peterson is a free agent, I think at the end of next year, I might have misspoke right there. Seager's contract, I think um, he come he's a free agent the same time Lindor is. I think those guys are kind of in lockstep. So I think that's, I mean, the, the guy the Indians would be trying to get, and, uh, you know, the, the guy as a as the person covering the Indians is, is Gavin Lux, is definitely the, he would be kind of the the centerpiece, as it were. You know, if uh, if we go back to the last massive deal that the Dodgers made for a young middle infielder, he kind of fills that spot that uh, Usnell Diaz did in the Machado deal. Like, that would, he would be kind of the, who the Indians would be trying to get, I think. Just because all the years of control, the ability to play up the middle, um, the the fact that you know the minor league production, and then the you know the production of age relative to level, which is something the Indians always look at as well. So yeah, I mean, Lux is the first guy. Um, myself and the Indians would kind of be diving hard for in any deal.
0: Yeah, uh, one key difference between Lux and Yuseidel Diaz is that. Lux is the reigning minor league player of the year, and Diaz was has topped out at before he was traded. He topped out at seventy three on uh, any you know overall MLB prospect list. So uh, I wonder, just looking at this from the Dodgers standpoint, if Lux is included, uh, I think I think that limits the other pieces you're going to get. Um, I, I think if Lux is the centerpiece in a trade for Lindor, you're getting one other player tops, would be my guess. Maybe maybe one other player and then like a, a low level, you know, lottery ticket prospect who has no value to the Dodgers, but uh hard to see you getting getting three or four guys if one of them is the reigning minor league player of the year, you know?
1: Yeah, it's I mean to kind of flip it the other way is that uh, you know Diaz was for the the six months of Machado, where it's the two years of Lindor, so you're trying to figure out a value, and I would see where where Lux is going to massively limit things because it's you know it's very easy just to go look at those AAA numbers and dream on the possibilities, especially when you're like okay, so he turned 21, he'll turn 22 this week, yeah. so. Uh, you know, it, the, he could be another Lindor, like at least offensively. I'm not going to put that defensive thing, tab on him, but I mean that it's not beyond the realm of possibility to look at a Lux and think he could offensively have that same level of production, which I'm sure would be also what the Dodgers are thinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Lindor is a, for the Dodgers, if they were to make a trade for Lindor, it's a, it's a win now move. Uh, you know, it's a we we've been to the we've won our division seven years in a row and haven't won a World Series yet. And uh, to give up Lux for that, yeah, I, I don't I, I'm interested to see if it's something the Dodgers will do because they've been very hesitant to. I mean, they they've turned down everybody who's asked for Lux so far, um, but obviously nobody was offering somebody like Francisco Lindor. Uh, but then, you know, again, it's the same going the other way. The same issue you had is Lindor only has two years of team control left. And so it's like, do we really give up six years of Gavin Lux for two years of Francisco Lindor? Um, I think there's no doubt Lindor is a better player than Lux right now. Um, and so maybe the win now attitude will be enough to, to make them do that. But uh but I have no doubt that over the next six years, you know, Lux six years of Lux is definitely more valuable than two years of Lindor. Yeah,
1: more, I, the way I would phrase it, I would say more than likely, yes. I, you know, there's always the caveat with with any young player. Just having written and followed so many of these guys over the years, um, just because the, the anything from freak injury to just you know. It, for you know, yes. I, I mean, I don't want to be seem like I'm down. Obviously, I, I really like Lux. If I'm comparing his offensive ceiling to Lindor's, yeah. But uh, you know, I can just go back to thinking when like Dansby Swanson was this guy too. Like when you go back to when he was acquired by the Braves, and now you look at Swanson, and he's like three years in, and he hasn't it hasn't come together. Again, Lux, much better profile. But uh, that that's the one thing. It's like more than luckily, likely. Is the how I would kind of put it together more than likely? I think, yes, six years of him is more valuable than two years of Lindor, but uh, there is always just the safety and the known versus the unknown. Um, which I it's that's just how I'd phrase it with uh, with any kind of prospect uh, player The Again, like I said, Lux is he looks like he should be a hundred percent safe, like he looks like he should be about as safe as it can get, but uh, baseball is a weird game
0: sometimes, yep, absolutely. So if Lux is the centerpiece, um, you know, what What else are you looking for to, to complement Lux in this package that, that you think the Dodgers might go for?
1: Uh, one of the guys I'd like to throw out is another guy who I've been high on for a very long time. And he's, he's kind of a guy who's a bit buried in the Dodgers system. Um, and I've liked him back uh, when he was at the Houston when he was like second in the nation in stolen bases as a catcher, and that's that's Connor Wong um the offensive production and the versatility are things the that stand out with him but then when you already have Will Smith and Kiebert uh, Ruiz he's kind of stuck in a no man's land so and with the Indians uh they really have I mean there's Bo Naylor the top prospect who's down in uh, low a and then there's Eric Haas who's been kind of stuck in triple a but they don't really have anyone who uh If anything were to happen to Roberto Perez, you feel comfortable stepping in. So I I think Connor Wong, I don't know if he's necessarily the secondary piece or maybe they push for him as a tertiary piece, but he's one of those guys I would definitely want to talk about as I think he'd be movable by the Dodgers because of their depth, and I think he would be of uh, great help to the Indians.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, I like Connor Wong too, but I don't think – no, nobody's canceling this trade over demands for Connor Wong for sure. So, so that sounds reasonable. Uh, so if he's the, the third piece, who are you thinking as the second piece?
1: So that's where it kind of gets sticky. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're trying to figure out if you could get another player who can help in the now. Um, and... With the Dodgers situation, um, I kind of talked about it on my podcast, so you know this is a great chance to throw it to you and think about uh, if if I was off or on that the the Dodgers. It seems to me are in a bit of an odd situation financially. If you believe that they're going to chase one of the big name third basemen, because they might want to actually reduce payroll before they sign to avoid the luxury tax, and adding Lindor is a big hit. So I wonder. Um, could a secondary piece be someone like a, a Peterson or a Taylor while also helping to balance out that money um, if those guys are not as integral into the Dodgers for next season, um, whereas they could be guys who would step in and in both cases uh, log a lot of time for the uh, the Indians?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that the Dodgers would make A decision trade a guy you know with the the main purpose of reducing payroll um you know obviously they've said and stayed under the ledger tax the last couple years uh and you know they might do it again this year they might not i i don't think i think they're willing to go over for the right situation but obviously you know if they could reduce it and stay under while still improving the team i think that's definitely something they'd they'd look at um you know, if you look at Taylor or, or Jock, uh and, and yeah, Jock does just have the one year of team control left. Um, you know, I, I could see either of them being in this trade, uh, even if not for financial reasons. Um, you know, Jock is one of those guys I've actually this is the third off season in a row that I've predicted Jock Peterson will be traded before opening day. And it hasn't happened yet. I thought they would sell high on him after he had a great World Series in 2017. I thought they would sell high on him after he had a good season in 2018. And now I think they're going to sell high on him after he hit 36 home runs last year. Um, and, you know, he doesn't... He's a one-position platoon guy, which isn't the Dodgers... Uh, is isn't their M.O. They They like guys who can play multiple positions and hit both sides and jock's kind of the opposite of that. So, uh, whether, whether the second piece in a three piece trade that also includes Gavin Lux, I don't know if that's, uh, realistic. Um, I I really feel like once you get Lux, it's hard to, I don't know if you're getting a 36 Homer guy in addition to Gavin Lux. Um, Chris Taylor, you know, it fits the Dodgers mold more, uh, but also has been pretty inconsistent offensively the last couple of years. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. How about this? I'm the Dodgers. I'm offering you. You can have Jock Peterson and Connor Wong and Chris Taylor. But leave me Gavin Lux.
1: I would need. See, like, the, I guess from the, the outp- outside pers- or the Indians perspective, it's like, I don't think any of those guys, like those are great complementary pieces, but none of them come together as like that centerpiece. Like the Indians are to move him, I think are going to kind of uh, need that like young, youngish, like at least someone with like four or more years of control centerpiece that they can go with I think yeah I just it's it's for them it's probably gonna have to be somebody like like a Lux or you know like a Verdugo it's kind of like at that level Um, I I know a lot of Indians fans talk about some of the the pitching but I, I don't think the Indians have quite as big of a need there so i don't i don't necessarily think they match up in that way and one could make the case that like both the Indians and the Dodgers could use another pen arm or two so it's not like we're going to find uh, great matches in there but yeah it's I, I it's one of those things where i feel like i just said one of those things like six times in a row yeah, but that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah i think uh, I, I think it's got to be like a Lux or Verdugo kind of like at the center, one of those young, controllable pieces who you feel may not get to the. You know, I mean, Lindor, if he'd been healthy this year, looked like he was going to be a, a 40 home run shortstop um, while winning a gold glove. And you're, you're not expecting anyone to achieve that level, but you're hoping to get maybe two guys who can get to 60 or 70% of that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of threw out that other trade mostly just to give your listeners a chance to yell at their, at their car stereo as they're driving to work.
1: Um, I'm sure my Lux talk did the same for your listeners. So it's, it's, you all know, fair.
0: And, and, it's interesting. I, I think there's a, a healthy portion of Dodger fans who, uh, and honestly, I'm one of them. If you could guarantee getting Lindor is going to win you the world series in 2020, then yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll drive Gavin Lux to the airport. You know, I'm just a little bit more, uh, I don't know if realistic is the right word uh, that makes me sound like I'm talking down to people, but uh, I I know that there's no guarantees, you know, and and there is no crystal ball, you know, and they traded for you, Darvish, and didn't win the World Series, and they traded for Manny Machado and didn't win the World Series, and and so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So Lindor doesn't guarantee anything, and that's where it gets a little questionable. Are we really... You know, if you get Lindor, you've got two chances, you know, two more years of team control, and basically it's like, okay, if we don't win the World Series in the next two years, we just gave gave up Gavin Lux for nothing, you know, because the Dodgers aren't looking for help to get to the playoffs. You know, they are looking for somebody to put them over the top.
1: Honestly, like, the, the third name I would, I would kind of put into that group of, because like, so right now there are some Indians fans yelling at me, like, why aren't you asking for Bellinger, and that's because I'm I'm not an idiot. Like, no offense to those <laughs> That fans. worked out well it.
0: for the Marlins last year when they won a Bellinger for Real Muto.
1: Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I get it. Like I want Bellinger. Don't get me wrong. It's the same thing. Like when people were saying that, you know, Bauer for Bellinger makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. I, I hate to break to you, but Bellinger is like, like it's the same thing as a Mike Trout. There's just certain guys that are too good to be traded, especially when you're a big market team. They're going to be able to resign these guys. So I, I'm not bringing. It's not Bellinger. So I mean, yes, Bellinger would work hypothetically, but let's just move on. That's it's yeah, silly yeah. to to talk about. But the the Dodgers actually have someone that the uh, the Indians drafted and failed to sign out of I think high school. If I pull up the numbers, um, yeah, back out of Keller High School, and that's Max Muncy and his flexibility along with control. Um, I don't know if he would be uh, more or less palatable to Dodgers fans, but uh, the production the last two years uh, has been really good, and there's so many good players on the Dodgers, he's kind of been overshadowed just how good he's been. So I don't know if, if he would even be considered a tradable yeah, asset. At this I point.
0: don't think he's been overshadowed to Dodger fans. Um, I, I, I think trading Muncie might cause a riot. I think he's one of the most popular guys. Um, you know, a lot of Dodger fans might put him just below Bellinger on the untouchable list. Uh, and I don't blame him. Yeah. Be, he can play three positions. Uh, he, he Last year, I actually expected last offseason, I expected Muncie to be traded um, because I expected the Dodgers to kind of ride his, you know, sell high on him. And then it turned out he was at least as good in 2019 as he had been the year before. And uh, at this point, and and the big thing was he drastically improved himself defensively. You know, part of the reason I thought he might be traded last offseason was because I thought he might be a DH, you know, who had just been masquerading as a first baseman. Uh, But in 2019, he was actually, he played more second base than anywhere else, I think. And he actually played it really well. Uh, not like he's not going to want to go glove at second base, but uh, if you can play passable solid defense at second and hit 35 homers, that's uh, extremely valuable. And, and, and it's not just the homers. He's, he's, he hits lefties and righties. Well, he, you know, he, he has a lot going for him. Uh, he is the Dodgers kind of player, I think now. Uh, and so Muncie, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to see that one happening. I don't know if it's harder to see that than Lux. I uh, I hadn't even thought about Muncie in, in this context.
1: Can, can we just talk about the Dodgers' like ridiculous like black magic, though, between Turner, uh, Muncie, and Taylor? Three guys who were borderline... I don't know if I necessarily want... Well, I mean, I think you could say all three were kind of scrap heap guys that turned into you know, a pair of all-stars and a like Taylor is kind of the best utility guy, maybe in baseball. Uh It's kind of crazy to just to look at that and be like, this is a team that's a large portion is built. Uh, Cause the Indians fans love to get mad about the Indians in their uh dumpster diving, but the Dodgers were kind of built to a small degree on dumpster diving.
0: Yeah. The Dodgers are looking in weird dumpsters that people are, you know, dumping. It looks like a chocolate bar, but it's actually a, a brick of gold just covered in chocolate. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous, and all three of those guys that you mentioned, I don't know how much of it was <laughs> the fault of the Dodgers or even how much credit they deserved for recognizing that because I don't think they necessarily knew what Justin Turner was going to become. I'm positive they didn't know what Chris Taylor was going to become. I think they saw him as, oh, he can play defense at a few positions, and we could probably use that and had no idea that he would turn in offensive. And Muncy, same thing. I mean, Max Muncy had like six career home runs when the Dodgers picked him up as a free agent. And and now he's hit 70 in the last two years. And so, yeah, it is crazy what they're doing. And uh, it makes me wonder who's next. And even some of the, I mean, Gavin Lux, uh, what he did the last year and a half or so is far more than I think was expected of him when he was drafted uh, I think they expected a good defensive kind of, you know, guy who makes good contact, but I don't think they expected a ton from from Lux offensively when they drafted him, and then he turned into an amazing hitter.
1: Yeah, they just it's even someone like I look down, like Matt Beatty, it's like he was productive <laughs> for a guy who was very unheralded, yeah. and that just seems to be their, their profiles. They're very good at and this is just the hitters. When I mean, you go and you look at the pitching, it's it's a similar story. It's uh, you look at the the high level production, and then you look at the minors, and uh, you know I haven't talked about Dustin May or Tony uh, Gonsolin, and you know it's it's even you go beyond that. Like they made one of the best trades of all of last year when they traded a pair of rentals for uh, a pair of prospects from Cincinnati that, uh, that were both uh you know trending upwards pretty highly upwards compared to a year ago it's been uh they're if we get rid of the personalities and which you never really want to fully do but just if you look at it just purely in terms of assets the the Dodgers uh maneuvering and trading of assets uh, has been rather phenomenal over the last year it feels like
0: yeah does that scare you as an Indians fan that that uh, the Dodgers have been so good at trading lately, and now they're trying to match up with the Indians.
1: I think it's almost in, not so much scary as interesting because the Indians are kind of the other team that has that reputation. So it's like, what happens when these two go at it? Like, yeah. does yeah. just everybody win? Is that the and, and maybe what happens is they end up I mean, meeting up in the World Series yeah. with writing uh, the the players each other traded.
0: Yeah, and maybe what happens is what we saw last year, which is the trade never happens. Nobody blinks, and the trade doesn't happen. Um, I think maybe we've talked about this long enough. I think the one thing we can agree on is that we're glad that we're not actually the GMs of these two teams, having to yeah. having to swing this trade. Uh, you know, the Dodgers have have some leverage in that they don't actually need Lindor. Um, you know, I, I don't. You know, but the most likely effect of that leverage is that just no trade happens. Uh, not like they're actually going to get a discount because they don't need him. Uh, And because of that, you know, the Indians don't need to trade Lindor. The Dodgers don't need Lindor. And so I I do think the most likely outcome is this trade doesn't happen, but it sure will be fascinating if it does happen to see see what ends up happening, you know. And you mentioned Beatty just briefly there at the end. I could see Matt Beatty being involved in a trade like this. Uh, You know, Beatty would be a really good... DH. Uh, he's not bad defensively. He can play a couple positions. But I mean, he's told me personally, uh, his favorite position is hitter, you know, and, and uh, it's reminded me when Daniel, Mur- Daniel Murphy went to college in his first day as a freshman, they were doing a little orientation with the team. And they said, okay, everybody say your name and what position. And uh, Daniel Murphy said, I'm Daniel Mif- Daniel Murphy, I hit third. And uh, that's kind of the, the Matt Beatty approach too. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens Uh, and really it's hard to see. I don't know how you can lose in this trade. If it does happen, I think both teams are going to end up really happy and also really sad. I think the fans will be, obviously Indian fans, will be very sad to see Lindor go if he gets traded, and whoever the Dodgers would trade for him, the fans would definitely be sad to see them go. Uh, But it's interesting. All trades are just a matchup of, we need this guy and you need this guy. And you know, the, the values work out. And so it, sometimes it amazes me that any trades ever happen, uh, especially now that all teams are smart.
1: Yeah. And I, I agree with basically everything you're saying. I, I, I think at the end of the day, Lindor stays put till, till July. I think that's where it is. And then the Indians, um, depending on, you know, if they're contending, I think they'll write it out and then look for deals next off season he could also be someone where they legitimately just keep him for two years because they don't want to deal with, if they feel like they can contend, they'll write it to free agency. But uh, if the Twins, who currently don't have a rotation, so we'll have to see what they do, if the Twins win the division again uh, or are up big in July, I mean, these, these trade talks, like I said, start making a lot more sense, uh, especially depending on just... How, what else the Dodgers do? It's it's the third base market is interesting because there seems to be a ton of buyers and essentially a three player market. So we'll have to you know all of these moving parts will come together by then. But yeah, right now I think but the one advantage the Dodgers really have though it's like as I go through and talk about these trades, like the two teams that make the most sense for Lindor are really the Dodgers and the Mets. And outside of those two teams, I really could not. As I've gone through almost the entire National League at this point, um, there, there's really no other fits outside of those two teams for what the Indians could uh, need or want.
0: Yep. Well, this was fun. Uh, if the trade does happen, we'll have to get back together and and talk about it. Uh, you know, if not, we'll have to find an excuse to talk again sometime anyway. So
1: definitely, I agree. It's a. Like I said I think it's. I mean, I'm biased as the Indians guy, but uh, the Dodgers um, are kind of like one of those five teams I find a lot of fun just to
0: look at and talk about. So thanks for uh, letting me come on and talk. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun.